0: chapter fifty six of the wyvern mystery this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. recording by john brandon the wyvern mystery by joseph sheridan lefanu chapter fifty six the old squire leaves wyvern the old folk can't go on living always the king's messenger had called at wyvern and the old squire must needs get up and go sickness was a cross he had never been used to bear and now that it was laid on his old shoulders he knew that he could not keep his feet very long he had the wyvern lawyer who did the business of the estate up to his room and the parson and his own son harry fairfield he made the attorney read the will which he had told him to bring up with him and the squire listened as it was read slowly after the clergyman had gone have ye aught to say to that son harry said the old squire tis an old will father said harry it ain't said the squire eight years less two months said the lawyer about the age rums fit to drink said the old squire what say ye to it now's your time son priests women and poultry they say has never enough there's been changes since and i don't see why wyvern should be charged so heavy there's three hundred a year to alice that's what ye mean said the old squire his son was silent well i don't owe her nothin that's true but i'll let it stand mind and harry lad the day ye do a good thing there will be seven new moons what was parson a whisperin about in the window we he asked of the attorney after a time some claim upon the vicarage which he thought you said you meant to remit by will i a thought upon it and i won't paternoster built our churches and our father pulled him down there's or many parsons for the churches and or many churches for the people tell him i won't what the devil made you talk about that to him said harry with a dark look when he and the attorney had got out of the room my dear sir said the lawyer we must be true to our clients and beside don't you remember the clergyman said he'd be here to-morrow at one to administer the lord's supper and he'll be certain to speak of it then to our client at nightfall the squire grew worse and his head wandered tell that white-faced vicar maybell there's never a one but the thankless in hell i'll not sit under none o his sermons ay he frowns at that hey dear whispered the housekeeper gazing at him from the hearth where they were sitting "And who does he mean ma'am asked the nurse god knows old times i suppose she answered there's a glass broke tom who's kickin up the row mumbled the squire plea women and wine undoes men laughin ay light it i'm very dark who's he ye fool joan and my ladies all one in the dark that's tom ward he's thinkin on said the nurse ay he liked tom ever he wouldn't think twas wyvern without tom answered the housekeeper in a little time he said more distinctly and sternly The dead should do nothing so that's the bishop ay ay the devil mind ye isn't always at one door if there was a good man here he'd put a clout over that face ye'll never do it then it would sink into mumbling and then again grow more distinct at last the morning came and the squire so many hours nearer death was nevertheless now like himself in due course the clergyman arrived and the housekeeper and serious jim hopper of the mill close by attended to make up a little congregation with whom the dying squire was to receive the most comfortable sacrament before setting out on his long journey you are distinctly a church of england man inquired the clergyman gently ay what do you take me for i make it a rule dear sir to inquire i have once or twice found presbyterians and other dissenters among the attendants at my church at nottingham before i came here and i am happy to hear so clear an answer to my inquiry said the clergyman with a gracious solemnity the crow thinks her own bird fairest go on said squire harry after these rites were over the squire needed rest then after an hour or so he called for tom ward well tom we a lived a long while together here in wyvern you and me and be the day never so long at last even song as they say and now the doctor thinks my time be come and i sent for ye to shake hands tom and bid ye good-bye tom was drying his eyes hastily and his old face was more puckered than ever your honour was always kind to me come tom you mustn't be crying man henny in pocket's a merry companion and i wrote ye down for something in my will and ye abroad me many a tankard tom ye'll never brew me another and i wouldn't go without a word and a shake by the hand when this was over the nurse signed to tom to go i wonder how the grim old man with near a week's white stubble on his chin felt as he saw tom ward glide away softly with tears on his rugged cheeks for tom it was the breaking up and foundering of old wyvern in the deep he was too old to live in the new wyvern that was coming mayhap i'll never get the old days out of my head nor ever like the new and twon't be long i'm thinking before i follow him down the ash tree road to wyvern churchyard and so for the old squire it came the last day of light and the first of death it was a stately funeral in the old-fashioned way all the good old houses of the county were represented there the neighbors great and small mustered their shops in the town were all shut And the tenants attended in masses. This solemn feast and pageant over, the fuss subsided, and Harry entered upon his reign with a gravity becoming his new prerogative and responsibilities. Sergeant Major Archdale was an influential and prosperous and reserved minister under the new regime. He had a snug berth at Warhampton, as Harry Fairfield had promised. And from that distant legation he was summoned every now and then to Wyvern and there conferred with the squire. I have called him sergeant-major, but he was so no longer. He had retired some time before from the militia and was now plain Mr. Archdale. End of chapter fifty six. Recording by John Brandon.